So it really is a wonderful honor and privilege to just get to welcome Declan up to come and share with us this morning. Um, he's somebody that you can trust. He's got a real story. He's an elder in the life of the church, a man who I have massive love and respect for, and I'd love to just bless you as we start. So Father, I thank you that, that as De- Declan comes to, to share the word with us this morning, Lord, that you would anoint him, Holy Spirit, that you would guide his words, that you would guide his actions, that he would operate on a, even on a prophetic level like he never has before, Lord. We, as your people, are ready to receive from him that which you've deposited in his heart. I thank you, Lord, that even this week, as he's worked his way through physical sickness, right up until Friday, that he's endured and pushed through to be here with us this morning. And Lord, we are expectant for what's next. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Sure. As you're talking about sickness, I'm coughing a bit here. (laughs) But it really is a privilege and um, an honor to be with you guys here this morning. I remember when you started two and a half years ago, we came on, the, on that first um, outreach just to come support you guys, and it was a lot more emptier, but the Lord has added you. Um, yeah, my name is Declan, so I'm one of the elders at the Sunningdale venue, Josh Jen, and yeah, I'm just grateful that my team could come with me today to come and support. But I realized that we also, you're also my team, we're all one team together, amen, under the Lord. And I love what Sean was saying earlier on just about um, the honoring, Romans 12.10, that we have this um, culture to honor one another. And I was actually thinking that in the week, um, how the, how the Lord actually said to me personally, when I do preach, I must always have that attitude of honor. They must you know, honor the men amongst you. And so I wanted to honor Sean, actually. And, uh, and the word does say, I do one another in showing honor. <laughs> so you, you're not going to outdo me today, brother. <clears throat> but um, I remember years back, still in the church, struggling with drugs. And actually, the, the very first place that I came to when I was in the church back in 2008, um, Ian and Tess, they were handling this house. They were managing this house for the broken and the poor and those that didn't have a place to stay. And I was broken and poor inside and outside. And I didn't have a place to stay, really. Or well, the place where I was staying was um, a place of sin, actually. And they took me in. Ian and Tess, they took me in and they fed me and they helped me. Um, and then fed me not only... Physically, but spiritually, saw the love of Jesus in them and just saw a different aspect of Christianity when I came into the, so I really want to honor them. And they're still just going, doing the same things, feeding people all over the world spiritually and practically. But um, I remember coming into Josh Jen and being in a community. I was um, in Johan and Lisa's um, community and Sean and Sil were in the community, uh, Sean Sil and Chantal were in the community. And we went to their house one night, and I was you know, in between, um, I was struggling with drugs one week and then pushing into the law the next week, and I was busy, busy sharing about something, and um, Sean looked at me from across the room and he said, Declan, you know what, when you speak, I see the Spirit of God on you. And I was like, wow, that was for, I went home that night, I was like over the moon, I was just so encouraged, that was a word that changed my life, that I knew that even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of suffering, um, you know, the Lord can come and just tell you something like that. So even though I wasn't properly delivered in many areas, I was still saved. And, and that was a word that encouraged me and encouraged me to hold on. So I want to thank you for that, Sean. Um, it's amazing. And you didn't regard me according to the flesh. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.16, From now on, therefore, we regard no one 
according to the flesh. And there was a man that saw a, a struggling drug addict, but because he was close to the Lord, he also saw something that the Lord saw in me, and he could bring something. I want to say there's power in what we say. The power of life and death is in the tongue. It says in Proverbs 18:21 in the message from the message version, words kill, words give life. They either poison or fruit, you choose. And I want to say that um, the very words that we speak to people can build them up, but it can also destroy them, can break them down. And um, yeah, so that's actually the first part of the preach. <laughs> just something that I think the Lord wants to just weave into what I wanted to say this morning, what I was feeling for um, Gordon's Bay, actually. And so I was asking the Lord for something fresh, just to add to my testimony. Um, I didn't want to come to Gordon's Bay. I know you guys are very spiritual. I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I can feel it. <laughs> but I didn't want to come here with some stale bread. You know, I wanted to get something fresh. You know, it says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call to me, the Lord says, and I will answer you, and I'll show you great and unsearchable things that you haven't known. And so that was my prayer that morning. And I'm praying, say, Lord, something fresh for Gordon's Bay. And I felt the Lord speak to me about um, Joseph in the book of Genesis, about Joseph and his journey and what he went through. And just the different things and, and his different experiences. Joseph is a, a young man um, in the book of Genesis, our Christian walk actually started with, in a sense, with Abram, the father of our faith, in Genesis chapter 12. And his son, he had two sons, Isaac and, Isaac and Ishmael. And Isaac had Esau and Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And the second youngest son was Joseph. And Joseph was most loved by the father. That's one, one of the points, one of his points, is that he was most loved. His brothers were, this was his story, just an overview. His brothers were very jealous of him and they sold him into slavery. And he ended up in Egypt, which represents sin and slavery. He ended up there in Egypt. And he went through many, a tough time. Landed up in prison. Like I'm sure some of you have in this place. <laughs> no, I was in prison, but we're going to get to that. <laughs> but, um, and he went, he went through a lot of different things. And, but everything that he went through, he held on to the Lord, that no matter what he went through. And in the end, the Lord raised him up to a place of power and authority. Just listening to Sean speaking about power and authority just now. But he raised him up to a place of power and authority in Egypt to be a part of God's saving plan for a people. And so this is Joseph that I felt the Lord wanted to remind us about. And that in every one of us, there is a Joseph. In every one of us. I mean, the stories in the Old Testament are to train us and to teach us and to remind us. But I want to say that that is the thing I felt the Lord say for us here in Gordon's Bay, that in every one of us there is a Joseph. And there are similarities in Joseph's life, just four similarities that I want to talk about this morning, similarities in his life that we find in our life, in our lives. Four key points, but not only in our lives, but in the lives of those that don't even know Jesus, those that don't know the Lord, those that are not yet Christians. And the first point, the four points, the first one is that God had a plan for Joseph. He had a plan for him. Second one, that Joseph was sold into slavery. The third point, Joseph was rescued out of slavery. And the fourth one, Joseph was put in a position of power and authority to become a rescuer, a saver of people. And these four points you will see is actually in our lives and the plans that God has for us. 
So the first one, God had a plan for Joseph. God has a plan for all people, for every person. We regard no one according to the flesh. When you see the homeless person outside or the drug addict or the prostitute, God has got a plan for that person. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. That every man, woman, and child on this earth should come to a place of repentance, like Sean was saying earlier on. That means turning to God, turning back to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5, it, speak, it speaks of we as Christians, we convince people and we urge people to come back to Christ. And say, if you're not with Christ today, or you don't know Christ today, I want to urge you to come to Christ. We want to urge you. But God has a plan for all people. And just a few things, these few things I want to point out to us um, in our lives is so that we can have a stronger conviction to actually preach the gospel. Actually, a stronger conviction to help those that are still out there that don't know Jesus, that are in slavery. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says for those, actually this verse was for, for God's people that were in exile in Babylon. And it says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And although that was a verse that was for God's people, the Israelites that were sent into Babylon, I want to say that that's a word for us too. I remember in 2008, I just got saved. Um, I still struggled with drugs for a while, but for quite a long while, but I just got saved. And I went to go preach the gospel to my sister. She was also a drug addict. There was a, there was a, a drug addiction, almost curse in my family. My father was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, my, my, my youngest sister became a drug addict. I was a drug addict. And so while she was lying in the deathbed of cancer, I preached the gospel to her. And she cried and she wept and she said, and the Holy Spirit came upon her. She was convicted and she said, Becky, I want Jesus to forgive you my sins. And I led her to the Lord. And a short while after I led her to the Lord, I said to her the one day, this verse, I said to her, um, Varenka, God's got a plan for your life. And she looked at me and she wept and she cried and she said, yeah, I know. His plan is for me to die. Yo, I mean, she said that. I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I couldn't heal her. And then she did die a short while later. But the day that I went to my mom's house, um, when I heard that she died, as I got to the threshold there, I felt the Lord say, I know the plans I have for her. Plans to prosper, not to harm her. Plans for a hope and a future. So even in death, the Lord had a plan for her. She only got to know the Lord right at the end of the life, but he got her just in time. He took her away. But he had a plan for her. The Lord's got a plan for all people, for everyone. And he's got a plan for me and you. And he's got a plan for every lost person out there. I love Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. It says that um, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, the Lord says, I knew you. Before you came out, I already set you apart as a prophet to the nations. That word prophet means to be inspired by God. As the Lord not inspired us to, to prophesy to the nations that Jesus is coming back. That he's got a plan for them. Before you were conceived, the Lord already knew. He already set you apart. I can't believe it looking back. I said, Lord, why did you take so long? <laughs> Yo, I had to go through some of us. I had to go through so much. And then eventually he saved us at my 40. I got delivered from drugs when I was 42. But for some people it's later. But he's got a plan. It's never too late. So I want to say that's the first similarity that God has a plan for every face that you come across. Every person you meet, he's got a plan for them. The second similarity is that Joseph was sold 
into slavery into Egypt. And Egypt, always in the Bible, represents a place of sin, represents a place of the world. And um, all of us at one stage, in fact, each and every one of us, in a sense, was sold into slavery. Adam and Eve sinned, and they, they brought sin into the world. And so our parents actually sold us into slavery. It's almost like when we were born, we came out of our mother's womb, and we fell into Egypt. We fell into sin, and we were born sinners. I was reading in Ezekiel lately how the Lord said, I saw you when you were wallowing in your blood. In Ezekiel chapter 16, it speaks about sin, how he saw us when we were in our sin. He saw me when I was smoking that crack pipe. He saw me when I was fornicating. He saw me when I was being hurtful and full of hate and, and doing all these bad things. He saw me. And then it says, and then I said, live. It's the only place in the Bible where I see that he says twice in a row, unless in Psalms somewhere, where he says, I said, I saw you in your blood, and in your blood I said, live. And then he says, and in your blood I said, live. In our blood, in our sin, all of us. And I really felt this morning the Lord wanted us to see the, the, um, the pure magnitude of our sin, how disgusting it is, that horrible blood. It says in the Bible that our works is as filthy rags, menstrual rags, out in the sun, smelling, stinking. That's how bad the sin is. That is how bad our sin is. And that is what he delivers us from. And I think when we get to see that, we get a stronger desire to tell people, hey, Jesus has got a plan for your life. And actually the name of the preach, sorry, I, want to, I should have given you the name in the uh, beginning, but I think now's the right time. It's food for the famine. So Joseph, in his time, thousands of years ago, he was raised up in a time of famine to be the man in charge of the stores of Egypt to provide food for the people that were dying of hunger. And I want to say that in our time today, there's a famine in the world. There's a famine in the people. There's a famine in all of us. Some of us might be saved, and you still, there's still a bit of a famine. There's still a hunger for Jesus. Not all of us go and feed of the Lord every day. Jesus said in, in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. But many of us, I believe, have, um, in this place today have been filling ourselves with all sorts of things. I know I filled myself with drugs. Other people, they fill themselves with just series and, and YouTube and a pornography, whatever it might be. But Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He's the one that can satisfy, that can help us deal with the famine that we find ourselves in, in the world. Can you say amen? amen. I like that. <laughs> thank, thank you for the support. <laughs> Romans 6, 17 to 18 says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and have been set free from sin and have become slaves of righteousness. And I want to say again that there might be some here today that are still slaves of sin and not yet slaves of righteousness. That you're still a slave of sin. That you're still in the Egypt. And the Lord wants to do a work in you today. The Lord wants to do it. In Joel 2.32 it says, It shall come to pass that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want to say you might be in here today and there might be a famine in your life. There might be an emptiness. There might be a void there. But if you call upon the name of the Lord, he's going to save you. He will do it. Not man, but he will do it. And that's a promise in his word. I love what David says. David was a mighty man of God, the king of Israel, the second king and the best king, they say. Um, and he says in Psalm 51 verse 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, 
sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Sure. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And I want to say that's the state of the whole world. Sinful. They don't know Jesus. Sinful. But even us that know Jesus, we are sinful. But we have a Jesus who helps us with that sin every day. But born a sinner, living in sin, and actually the Bible says destined to be separated from God for all eternity. How's that? Sin. That is what sin does. That horrible sin. It separates us from God from, for all eternity. Sold into slavery from birth. I want to say that um, just part of my testimony is I had a very abusive and alcoholic father. Um, used to belittle me, berate me, and always make me feel down and abuse me. And there was emptiness in me. There was a famine. There was a hunger that I wanted to fill. And I did all sorts of things to get attention and to get um, fulfillment from rebelling to stealing to fighting and looking for attention. And then eventually at the age of 10, started using drugs. I started smoking weed. At 12 years old, I started smoking Mandrax tablets. Um, I ended up uh, being locked up when I was 15 in the police cells and 16 again. When I was 20 years old, I was kicked out of eight schools, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> I was kicked out of eight schools and three boarding schools, never, never lasting long in any of them, fighting and just rebelling, looking for fulfillment, looking for attention, looking for love, just trying to fill that emptiness that my father couldn't give me. He was an atheist. He didn't know Jesus, so he didn't know how to love a son. He didn't know how to give a son what a son needs. But our father, he knows. He knows what to give. And I remember when I was six, seven years old, my mom, they called my mom, and uh, to come to the school, and we had these little chairs like these, and when my mom got to the school, I was outside the principal's office, tied up to a chair, and uh, th this, is, this is how my life started, and I started rebelling from that age, and this is how my mom saw me, actually, it was a picture of here I am, here's her son in bondage, tied up, rebelling. After I finished the army, I you know, land up with some friends that did drugs and back on the drugs again. I land up in prison when I was 20 years old. I had my 21st birthday in prison. I was in prison for housebreaking and theft. Um, and in prison still, I, I stole some more. I mean, I was really bad. And my nickname was Kleppy, short for kleptomaniac. I used to go to one cell and steal kettles and steal stuff and then take it to the next cell and go and sell it there. <laughs> That's where my business entrepreneurial skills started. But, um, but I, had my 21st, I had my 21st birthday in prison. I was just a broken young man. You know, I remember the one time in prison there, I, was, I, I stole something and they, they arrested me and they told me to pack all my stuff and I had to go to solitary confinement. That was the deal then. You can't be with other guys. You're in solitary. I'd been there several times. And um, at the last moment, I called one, one of the sergeants. Uh, he was in charge of the section. There was higher ranks around him, but I called him. It was a big thing. And I said to him, please, can you please come here? I said, the reason why I stole that money and you know, it was this reason and I was scared to own up not because actually I, I hid it away in a place where you don't want to talk about, you know. And um, he said to me, Wood, pack good. You know, Wood, pack your stuff back. And I packed it back and all the other rank were like, no, you must go to the bomb, the solitary. And he said, no. And that, that I still had to go do three meals as you have. They don't do it anymore. But back in the, the 90s, early 90s, you could do that um, in the prison system. They would give you a lack of meals for sometimes a couple of days, that would be your punishment. And he, he took me to the solitary and he said to me, Declan, I don't want to see you getting extra time. 
I, d- I don't want to see you getting into more trouble. And I saw afterwards that this was a Christian man, that the Lord had raised up a type of a Joseph in the prison, you know, to, to come and help me. And I want to say that um, that's what the Lord is really wanting to do amongst us, raise up some Josephs who he can put in a position. And f- for us, as, for many of us in different places, it's in the workplace or it's in the school or wherever you might find yourself, but a Joseph that can help deal with the famine in the world, that can, that can present to the people, you know what, you might be hungry, you might be empty inside. I see that you're struggling with this or that, but I want you to know that Jesus has got some food for you. And it's called, it's called himself. And it's called the Holy Spirit. And it's called eternal life. I just remember as a 20-year-old or 21-year-old, I'm a 21st there, there was that man, like a Joseph, a type of Joseph, helping me. God having a man in place there. So, uh, but yeah, I came out of prison, back to my old friends, and yeah, and then I went back into prison for another nine and a half year sentence. When I was 22 years old, I came out when I was 27, it was for housebreaking and robbery and grievous circumstances and nasty stuff, and I was selling drugs in prison, I joined a gang in prison, and now the prison systems, they were all mixed. And it was a bit more, bit more tension. I was actually very worried when I got in there, but you get used to it. And I came out of prison, and I was on parole for two and a half years. And I came down to Cape Town, and I got involved with old friends again. And I was in my 30s. And I'd been on drugs from 10 years old. And it got to a point. I started smoking crack cocaine. And it was one of the most addictive drugs in the world. And it got to a point where I was just so messed up. I'd met a woman, and she fell pregnant. And my daughter was born in uh, 2003. And I was a drug addict at the time, and for three years off, they still on drugs. And in 2006, I was staying in a drug house in Brooklyn, and really messed up, and I couldn't support my little girl. I mean, her mom still used to let her come and stay with me for weekends, and I used to see her sometimes there while I was as high as a kite. There was no way I could deliver myself. I didn't, I tried so many times. I often wanted to rip my chest open, and I used to have these thoughts of just ripping my chest open, pulling my heart out, and killing myself, and, and seeing my little girl there. And I couldn't set myself free at all. I just couldn't deliver myself. And I remember one morning, um, I was uh, in, lying on the bed and I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, will you please help me? I mean, I wasn't saying it like I'm saying it now. It was just bad. I said, will you please help me? And the next day, two people came to me and they took me to a Christian men's home. And, and uh, it was a miracle. I called out to the Lord and he, and he heard my cry. After all those years, God, if you're real, will you please help me? And he took me almost out of Egypt, out of Egypt. And it was like a, almost like I went out of Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey. I went into this Christian men's home and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't even say the sinner's prayer. I just knew I wanted to be here. It was like being in this place today. I don't even need to say, actually I do every day, but Jesus, I need you. I just know I need you. You know, I know I need you. I knew then I needed Jesus and this was the only way. And... Um, and then the Lord showed me it's not just about the drugs. I'm not just delivering you from the drugs. I've actually got a plan for your life. But he set me free. And um, that was the, the third sim- similarity is that, um, you know, we were sold into slavery. But the fourth one is that God placed Joseph in a position of power and authority to accomplish the task of saving many lives. And I want to say that after I was in that men's home, actually, it was a slow progression until getting to the place where, and, and in fact, the Bible says we all have 
power and authority. I'm going to get that just now. It's not just a leader at all. But all that, that are children of God, they have power and authority to be in a position to speak to people about the famine that's in their lives and who can fill them. But I came to Josh Jen in 2008, um, after I was in that men's home, and uh, I'd backslid. And so I went back into drugs. It says in the Bible that if the Holy Spirit leaves you and an unclean spirit comes back, you'll always come back to look. Even those, I feel it every now and again, those demons that left me a long time ago, every now and again they come back to see if the Holy Spirit's still there. And it says in the Bible that if it's clean, if it's been swept clean and there's no Holy Spirit there, that demon goes and he gets seven more demons, and the state of that person is so much worse than what it was in the beginning. And that was me. And that's when I met Ian and Tess. <laughs> and they had to put up with me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and we shaped each other's lives. Okay. And, um, but I was in the church for five years. I never gave up. I think of Joseph. I never gave up. Being in prison, all the trials he went through, I didn't give up. And in 2013, I was in my mother's garage. I was smoking a cigarette. I thought to myself, when is this attack going to come again? You know, where I know I'm going to go sell everything again. Just a, a five years of pain and torture. And in that moment, I felt the Lord take that addiction right out of me. I never did drugs again from 2013. He set me free, totally. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then from that moment, I was still smoking cigarettes. And the elders came and said, can we see you leading a community. You need to stop this. And they was like, okay, the Lord delivered me from the drugs. But for, for this, I felt the Lord said, you must put that down. This I want you to suffer through, and I'll help you with the suffering. But I had to put it down. I had to suffer for him. And I went through that, and I, I got a community to lead. And shortly after that, I was serving the Lord and just to stay out of trouble. And all of a sudden, boom, I was the deacon in the church just by trying to stay out of trouble. And um, in 2019, they, they, they called me, the elders, and said, Declan, we're seeing eldership on your life. You want to? I'm like, what? Have you got the right guy here? I mean, just the other day, I was doing drugs. I was messed up. And I said, no. Promotion doesn't come from the east and the west, the Bible says, but it comes from the Lord. Who sits one down, he raises up another, the Lord. Amen. And so the Lord did that. But I want to say that um, Joseph himself, that was sold into slavery, Eventually, the Lord put me in a position of power and authority. And he was able to turn back to those that sold him into slavery, his brothers. And in our case, the devil, sin, that sold us into slavery. He was able to turn back to them in Genesis 50, 20 and say, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for the good, for what is now being accomplished, the saving of many lives. I want... I want to say that that's what, for all of us, the Lord intended to hurt you. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus today, my friend, the devil's plan is to kill you. But when you come to him, he turns it around so that you can say, you intended to hurt me. But God in him, he intended it for the good. He turned it around and put me in a position of power and authority for the saving of many lives. And that's something he has for each and every one of us this morning. Can you say amen? So as we come to a land, I want to say that there's authority and power that he has given us. Luke 10, 19, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. The Lord needs to remind us that he has given you authority. If you're a child of God, he's given you authority. 
Ephesians 1.13 says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you heard the gospel and you received Jesus, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and Gordon's Bay, and wherever you find yourself, you'll be my witnesses. You will tell people that there's a God that they can come to, where there's a famine in their lives, where there's a hunger in their lives. There's a Jesus that they can come to, they can fill that hunger. They can fill that space. They can deal with that sin. Can you say amen? amen? Where there is an international spiritual famine and people are dying without the bread of life, that's Jesus. God is looking for Joseph's whom he has saved and who will stand in the gap for the hungry and point many to the only one that can fill them, the only one that can save them from a spiritual starvation and famine and fill them with the Holy Spirit and eternal life and feed them with food from heaven each and every day. We don't just eat today and then not tomorrow. Each and every day. Every Christian in this place needs to eat every day the food of the Lord. Can we close our eyes as we come to a close? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, the Bible says, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And there's some of you here today, I believe, that are not under the shadow of the Almighty, where He feeds you, where He cares for you, where He looks after you. There's a few people I just want to pray for this morning as we come to a close. I want to say maybe for you, you don't know Jesus. You just come here today, and, but maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about your own life. And maybe it feels for you like you're in a time of a famine. There's a deep hunger in you. You've tried everything to fill yourself with relationships, with sex, with pornography, with drugs, with alcohol, whatever it might be. But I want to say, unless Jesus comes to your rescue and comes into your heart and feeds you, spiritually you're going to die. It says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God wants to satisfy your hunger this morning. It shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon his name will be saved. So if you are calling on the name of Jesus today, my friends, if you in your heart are calling on him today to rescue you from your sin and to satisfy you because he loves you and he wants to and he will, then we want to give you an opportunity. I want to count to five. And then I want you to put your hand up. Because what you are saying is, there is a hunger in me. There is a thirst in me. There is a need in me. And I need to be saved. I want to be your child. Then I want you to put your hand up. I'm going to count to five. Down from five. And I'm going to ask you to be bold. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. And put your hand up now. Is there anyone? I see your hand. Wonderful. I want you to ask you to be bold. Is there anybody else? Is there anyone else? You're saying there's a, there's a hunger in me that only you can fill, Lord. I don't want to go out of this place knowing not what's going to happen tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. We can't promise what tomorrow might bring. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to put your hand up. One, two, three. I see that hand. I see that hand. Very good. 
Very good. Very good. Very good. Is there someone around that lady and around that lady? Yes? Okay. I feel there's at least one or two more people. Before we move on, I mean, this is it's not, it's not wrong waiting a few seconds in light of eternity. Eternity is a long time to be without Jesus. But he's got a free gift for you today if you'll come to him. He wants to fill you. I want to ask you again. Why don't you put your hand up with me now if that's you? I want to ask you to be bold. Okay. Then there's a second group of people I'd like to pray for. I do believe that there might be some Josephs in the house today that have been a bit dormant, that have been a bit rear-footed, that have been a little, maybe a little bit shy, a bit insecure, a bit afraid when you've seen a famine in people's lives and you're saying, Lord, I want you to use me again. I want to be that Joseph that you've raised up, that you've given power and that you've given authority to preach the gospel and to tell people that there's a Jesus that they can come to, that can fill them, that can change their lives. And maybe that's you here today. I know in my life I have to reevaluate every now and again. I sometimes get a bit fearful and I have to come back and, Lord, I repent. You have called me to preach the gospel. You have called me to be a Joseph, to tell people about um, the famine, actually. And the Lord wants to remind you again to stand in the gap for the hungry, to be a Joseph for those who are facing a spiritual famine, remembering that there is power in your words that mustn't go to waste. I'm thinking of Sean, I spoke into my life and it changed me. So if that's you today, I want to pray for you as well. And you're saying, Lord, I want to be a Joseph. I want to point people to the one that can fill. If that's you today, will you put your hand up with me? Come on, it should be a lot of you. There we go. I'm not, I put my hand up too. I need that more and more. I realize more and more when I tell people about Jesus, how that muscle is not working because sometimes it's difficult. But when we t begin to tell them, um, then the muscle gets nice and supple and loose. Wonderful. I see all those hands. I want to pray a prayer over us because what we are saying, okay, you can put your hand down. Thank you. The disciples in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 29, they'd been preaching the gospel. They were full of power in the Holy Spirit, but the enemy came. The Pharisees came and they threatened them and they became fearful. And that's what happens in our lives. But then they prayed a prayer. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. I'm going to pray that for us. I want to close our eyes. And it says, now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hands to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, and uh, that we would go out, Lord, that we would be those Josephs, Lord, and that boldness would come upon us, Lord God, that we would be strong and courageous and that we would point people to the one that can fill them in Jesus' name. And that also, Lord, we would be bold enough to stretch out our hand as you stretch out your hand through us for healing. Even as Sean was praying this morning, boldly to lay hands on the sick, that people would be healed, that we would do that, that we would be those Josephs. We would lay hands on the sick. We would preach the gospel. We would be bold and strong and courageous. So, Lord, would you come and do that now, even as the disciples have prayed that to you, Lord, because they needed more. Would you come pour out more of your spirit this morning in the name of Jesus? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more call. I know some of you are hungry, but that's why I'm here today. <laughs> no joking. <laughs> that's why Jesus is here today. He wants to fill that hunger. So the third call is if you're saved, but you're still struggling, you're still a slave to a certain sin, 
Man, I must tell you, last week I was a slave to a certain series on, <laughs> on Netflix. And I was like, yeah, I'm a slave to this, Lord. As soon as I'm finished, <laughs> then I'm going to re- really read my Bible. <laughs> but hey, I, you know, whatever masters you, you're a slave to that thing. You're a slave to that. You know, if cigarettes is mastering you, you're a slave to that. I remember for five years in the church, I used to come every time to the front. I'm struggling. One of the guys came to me the one day and said, Declan, are you still struggling? I said, I am, man. <laughs> but I'm, here I am in the front. Still struggling. And I want to say that if you're still a slave to something, you're still struggling with some sin. I want to say, I'm not going to ask you what that is. That's between you and the Lord. But later, it's also between you and your leaders. That you're accountable. That's what helped me in my five years of struggling with drugs. Always saying, I messed up again. I messed up again. I messed up again. And eventually, eventually the Lord came and took it away. All of a sudden, he'll do it. But it's accountability. But if you are struggling still with something today, you know, it says in the Bible that God gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's supernatural empowerment to help you accomplish the things that you can't on yourself if you would humble yourself. So with every eye closed, if that's you this morning and you're still struggling with something and you want to turn around at the end of the day and say, you know what? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good, for what is now being accomplished, the saving of many lives. I'm a Joseph in the house. I want to say this as a disclaimer that even when I was smoking cigarettes, I was, I was still telling people about Jesus. It doesn't mean you can't do that. If you're struggling with something, for five years I was struggling with drugs, I was still doing things for the Lord. But there's a sense of he wants you to do more. He wants you to become more. He wants to deliver you. So if that's you this morning, I'm going to count from five down to one. There's a lot of counting down to one today. But I want to just give you time to think about that. The anointing breaks the yoke. Not man or preach, I mean the, the power in the gospel. But it's the anointing, it's Jesus himself that comes and he breaks the yoke. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to set free those that are in bondage. And he wants to do that today. I'm going to count down to one. And if you're still struggling with something, no matter what it might be, a small sin or a big sin, I want you to put your hand up. And we're going to pray for that. I must say, if you're not struggling with something, you must be pretty perfect. But if there's a sin that the Lord's highlighting to you now, and he wants you to deal with that, I want you to put your hand up, man. I count down to one. Five, four, three, two. I see those hands already. One. Lovely. I see all those hands up. I see all those hands up. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. We're going to pray now for that. And then after that, I'm going to ask Uncle Sean to come up. I want to see all those hands. And that's you, you know what you're saying? Lord Jesus, I am still a slave to this thing. I am still struggling with this thing. And for some of us, it's a process. But this is where the process starts. Where you're in, a, in, in an accountable relationship. I have to be accountable to my community leaders. Tell them every time, whatever I'm going through. And for some of you, the Lord will come and deliver you right now. Yes. Right now. Jesus will do that. Like when I was in my mother's garage, right there, he did it. I tried everything. But he did it. And some of you have been trying everything. But he'll do it. And you keep trying. I never gave up. By his grace. And you never give up. 
You keep on. Let's pray. Yeah. Lord, you came to set the captives free. Even, Lord, yet today by your spirit, would you come and set every person free, God, in the name of Jesus. With the anointing, come, Lord, and break the yoke right now of cigarettes, Lord, of pornography, Father God, of gossip, Lord, of slander, every sin, God. That is, a, Lord, every bondage, would you come and shatter every yoke in the name of Jesus. We lift up each and every person to you, God. Would your grace come and empower to be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for your power. We pray, Lord, your authority in this place, Lord, your presence. Where this, and, and the spirit of the Lord, God, your word says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would you come and bring freedom to your people, Lord, whom the Son says free is free indeed. You will know the Son and He will set you free. Would you come and do that this morning, Lord, in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that you have called us out of darkness. You have called us, Lord, while we were wallowing in our blood. While we were in slavery, we were in Egypt, and you delivered us right out of Egypt, Lord. And you shaped us and you're molding us, and you're still doing that. And you're putting us, Lord, in a, and you've put us in a place of um, authority and power to present to the world a gospel, a food. For the famine that there is. Thank you that we can be a part of that. We bless you this morning, Jesus. Let every word not become lost or stolen, but let it bear much fruit, God. 30, 60, 100 fold, we pray. Oh, we need it. We need it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to shout hallelujah, and you're going to shout amen. It means so be it. Okay. We're going to do that three times. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And a hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, guys. Such a blessing to be with you. Woo. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. She said that was very encouraging. Thank you, Declan. You are an absolute gift. I have, I have nothing to, to add to that. That is just phenomenal. But I just think throughout this whole meeting, hasn't it just been a sense of God just reaching out to us? Just individually. He's come here for you, man. As much as we come here for him, he comes here for you. So I want to ask you as you go home this week and you just meditate. I know for some of us, we struggle with our quiet times. We don't really always know where to go. Why not go and read the story of Joseph again? And as you're meditating with the Lord this week, ask him, Father, where am I in my Joseph journey? And what do I need to do to move into the next one? And then we're here with you to support you, to love you, to cheer you on to encourage you along the line. So thank you for, for that, Declan. Thank you to the team that came through to support you guys. have been awesome. And um, we really were so blessed. Awesome. That's it. So, uh, yeah, that we, we're done for the day. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Be blessed, and we'll catch each other through the week. Take care. Love you guys.